I'm Mo Blackwell, the host of Targeted, True Crime, Domestic Violence. We investigate cases of family violence each season using academic research to help us interpret the events so that we can become better advocates. In season one, we followed the case of little Militia Gibson, who was murdered by her stepfather as her mother stood by without intervening. We learned that Militia was not the only one being abused and took a hard look at laws and policies regarding abuse. In season two, we're telling the story of Tracy Thurman, who sued her city because police refused to protect her from her abusive husband. We'll also study the case of Joshua Osborne. His case was sensational replete with a biker gang who rallied to protect Joshua and new legislation resulting from his case. Josh passed away a few years ago and two of his siblings agreed to tell his story. Except they've revealed it wasn't just Josh's story. It's their story too. One that has been suppressed for over a decade. You can find targeted podcast, true crime, domestic violence, on iTunes, Spotify, and all the major podcatchers. Peace, my friends. Peace. Who's going to count down? Mom. Mom. Do I count from 10 or 5? Five? 5. 5. Okay. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. <laughs> oh, okay. That, yeah, that's good. Hey, everybody. This is Danielle. And I'm Carla. And I'm the mom, Eileen. Eileen, yes, is back. And we are Hoosier Homicide. A true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. We back. We back. Daniel is absent. He's absentia. He's absent from the absinthe. Ooh. Just kidding. <laughs> he is currently at home with the small child. And we appreciate that. Yes, we do. Greatly. And we are recording a special episode because what happened six years ago today in about 10 minutes? Nine minutes, I'd say. I said about 10 minutes. <laughs> Well, I didn't know for 20 minutes. What happened? What happened on November 10th, 2012? Someone blew up our fucking neighborhood. And it was intense, yo. Yo, for sure. And as I, I was thinking about it today, it really caused like turmoil in our lives for like two years following. I think it. I had it blurred out some because I got married in the middle of it. Well, I got to go back to school. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything. Well, let me tell you about my life. <laughs> Mom was in the middle. <laughs> I okay. was in the middle of it. So we talked about the Richmond Hill explosion in episodes one and two. They're back to back. They're our first episode. So the quality is not as good, nor is our rapport or our flow. None of that is established. And now this is like episode 43. So we've improved slightly at least. Based on our last four iTunes reviews, though, we all just gargle dicks constantly. And we suck. <laughs> And they, you hate, know, they hate we that we that. babble babble at the beginning. Okay, but we're family, so they need to chill for and a second. And if you haven't listened to enough episodes, you don't know us. So it does sound like babbling. 
And but I put in the show notes of every episode a timestamp as to when you can skip ahead so you don't have to hear us talk about our lives. But unfortunately, most people cannot read. <laughs> and there are just a few numbers. Like you, I think you could just even match up the numbers. You know, and you slide your little bar over to line up with the right time scale. If I say it starts, I give, an, I'm like 15 minutes and 30 seconds. I get down to the second of when you can skip our bullshit. And people are like, you just babble at the beginning. Get to the goddamn story. Get to the story. <laughs> so... If anyone wants to read, you can skip and it will tell you in usually between 15 and 20 minutes. Well, this Ooh, time we, we talk can for get 15 right to 20 minutes. Story, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. this is our life. Is it this is the story of our life. Isn't that a. I would soap turn opera? it off right now if yes. I heard that. As the world turns. Was Passions the one that was like magic? There's magic in it. Passions of Santos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, episodes one and two, if you want to go listen to it and judge us based on our first two episodes, like a few people have had, don't first start at the beginning. What is this, a book? Just pick an episode at random and listen to it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not even going to read our negative reviews. There were too many. There was a lot. <laughs> I was like, but I told oh, you whatever. that's probably the negative reviews are good. Yeah, because yeah. you're one person did update their negative review to, re- <laughs> like, to reinforce this, this. Still sucks. I tried a second time, and they're still dick garglers. I swear. <laughs> but little do they know is that their second negative review still counts as one. Yeah, All right. you can't negative review over and over again, folks. It's one and done. Yeah, I thought I was being and clever in like giving us more than one five star no. review, but. You know, one and done. Uh, So, yeah. I was like, take that. I'm going to review again. No, you can't. Yeah, people can't be critical of the first two episodes because it is our lives and it really did happen. You're like, "Uh, excuse me, that was pretty dramatic. Yeah, sorry my dramatic experience wasn't entertaining enough for you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, 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 are we watching the time? Five minutes. Do we have champagne? Are there fireworks? (laughs) Should we count down? (laughs) It's not the new year. Uh, speaking of which, though, I've learned, because I'm going to be in Spain for the new year, is that they eat a grape for every second for the last 10 seconds. So they're it kind of grapes? seems like a choking hazard. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> they're shoving say. grapes in their Yeah, mouth? exactly. You eat 10 grapes, one for each do second. You, do you eat them or do you just like I think you just shove them in your, in your mouth. mouth. No, like 10, <laughs> one, nine, one. <laughs> Eight, one. <laughs> I want to know a statistic of how many people choke to death. I don't know. Because they'd be a little drunk. Because yeah, they're already drunk and they're shoving grapes in their mouth. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping to be at the bar and people are just passing out like bunches of grapes. Like, here you go. <laughs> you know, I thought we were weird in our country, but I haven't traveled enough, Carla. <laughs> Dad, what kind of salad are you making? <laughs> <laughs> We have we have an audience. Uh, it's a living room with a kitchen in it, or a kitchen with a living room. It's called an open floor plan. Okay, oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to be so quiet. He's he never is. quiet. I mean, really, he's the best that I've ever heard be quiet before. Because <laughs> normally, when any of us are attempting to be quiet, I still give them dirty looks because they're not trying hard enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've gotten that a few times. <laughs> So tell them why we kind of changed the time frame and 
well, of course, they wouldn't know what time you record, but Mm-mm. so this will come out on Thursday, and we usually record. Saturday. Yeah, we usually record on Sundays because it is the Lord's Day. Yes, of rest and obligation to be miserable. Oh wait, that's every day. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but generally speaking, it's on Sunday, and it's six o'clock ish. I'm still hungover, mm-hmm. and I watch the child, so I'm not here recording. And we've had a change of of venue. The dog just sat on the you microphone. You know what? Fine. He was he was he in. was there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're all reunited. <laughs> I brought my paperwork from the first episode. It's eight pages. Eight pages enough. Well, really? It went yeah. two episodes, right? Yeah, it went two the... episodes. Well, it yeah, just, it had to because we the first half was us like introducing ourselves. This wasn't. I mean, for someone else, they could probably do this in one episode, but yeah. we know all the stuff. So, can he get up here? So we live. In Richmond Hill was the name of it, and there is no hills whatsoever, so we're not sure where the name came from. You know, they all have corny names like that. Yeah, and Indiana's flat, so there definitely was no hill. There was a crappy-looking reservoir. It's a prefab neighborhood. Not that bad, you know. Pretty nice. Brick front, vinyl siding, some brick wraparound. Your neighbors can hear you fighting, but not so close that you can see each other doing it. Right. Lovely. (laughs) And a nice place to raise kids. Yes, it for was. For the most part. Yeah. When I did had we a good time. Build in there. 2001. And Jesus. right before 9 11, we moved in. Yes. Three months before. And I know because we went back there to that place that we lived at after it happened. Okay. <laughs> and what did, what was our house? Four bedroom? Yes. Two story? Yes. Four bedroom and a loft. Two and a half bath. Dang, that sounds like really nice. Two and a half bath with a basement. A full basement with nine foot ceilings. You could swing a golf club. So we could swing a golf club. Why were we all there except Carla wasn't even there? She was there in spirit. <laughs> Always. <sighs> what year were you at? Oh, it's 1110. <gasps> it's 11. It's 1110. Happy New Year. No, <laughs> where are the grapes? <laughs> I, was, um, I was a sophomore. In college at the time. So I was doing college things. But you were not at IU. I was. Oh, no. I mean, like, I was in school at IU. School at Indiana University. I went to Wabash College, and I still don't know why we did. Where the fuck is Wabash? Crawfordsville? Crawfordsville. How far is Crawfordsville from Indianapolis? Uh, It's about an An hour hour and a half. North or? North. West. West. Okay. And then our neighborhood was technically in Indianapolis, but on the very south side of Indianapolis. Uh, the next main street was a county line, so you would have moved into Johnson County. On So they always called it the south side. And they all inbreed. So just be aware if you go there. <laughs> we don't. We're not. It's not in a hillbilly way. It's in a religious way that we inbreed, okay? It's okay. the Catholic way. And a Catholic, Catholic st- high school is located maybe uh, four miles from our... Richmond Hill. Our Richmond Hill. Our Richmond Hill. So Carla was at Wabash drinking underage. I was I was loaded that night. I'm not even gonna lie, so it just kind of proved to be an interesting <laughs> twist to the tale. And I was uh tired and laying on the couch watching Notre Dame football, but I actually had fallen asleep. Really? So I was sleeping, yes. So Daniel and I lived in Plainfield at the time we were engaged. To be married and later the coming year. 
And hopefully you can't hear the dog snoring too much, but you know. <laughs> he's, he's on my lap. He's real comfortable. And we came down from our freestanding condo where you <laughs> share a driveway with four people <laughs> to watch the Notre Dame game. Doesn't sound bad because I'm that age that you guys and were. have chicken and have Kentucky Fried Chicken. Have you had it since? We, we did one time since. We've had it one time since. And it was on an anniversary. Yeah, it was. I an thought anniversary. we were getting it today. I was excited. Nah, it's a lot of work. I don't. I couldn't tell you last time I kid. That's not true. I do remember. I was in Vienna. And had Kentucky Fried Chicken? <laughs> okay, it was storming. Okay? And that was the closest food place. The Colonel's from but Indiana. they have it there? They have... Mom, come on. The only thing they I don't, don't have is Chick-fil-A. I'm so... I haven't been anywhere. I mean, I'll talk to Lindsay. She's like, I just got McDonald's. I'm like, I just got McDonald's. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> so we're all there. Dad's there. Carlos at Wabash, a little drunk. I and really wouldn't say a little. <laughs> and Notre Dame was playing on the TV. They were playing Boston College, and they were winning. And so I was getting tired also, or a little spaced out, maybe a little bored even. And they're actually playing right now. We and they, Notre Dame is playing So if now. anyone wanted to be mean. And they are winning. and They could really fuck with us right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is on a Saturday night, and that's what had happened before, was on a Saturday it's been, night. It hasn't happened since, like, that it was on a Saturday, has it? I think one time. One time? Oh. Okay. I believe so. Yeah, I didn't think of that. No. I'll have to check. I think there was one time. It felt very reminiscent, except for in 2012 when it happened, it was warm out. Yes. Yep, which made a big difference to us. It was actually a gorgeous day, mm -hmm. and it was clear and crisp and just gorgeous. Yes, I have photos of me wearing a short sleeve shirt that I got out of my digital camera. <laughs> you had your digital camera I had brought my digital you. camera with me. All right. And then it wasn't, but I think... A few probably months later, I spilled jungle juice on it, and it was no more. No more digital camera. <laughs> you said that's okay. In a short while, they'll be putting cameras in phones. <laughs> <laughs> so we're there on sitting on the couch. We had eaten. Dogs are on the floor in the middle of the living room. My ear is closest to the front door, but there's an entryway first. And how many steps do you think that couch was? From the front? Yeah, it was like this, and then the door. Oh, so ten. probably 10 feet. And yeah. then Daniel was sitting next to me. You, We had that weird large armchair that you, I think, were in. I liked those couches. And dad was on <laughs> either, or, and dad was on the couch. He the was other. closer to the door than I was, and yeah. I was, I think I was laying on the couch. Okay, but we had three set pieces of furniture, a TV kind of off to the side, and the door done bust in off its hinges. It done did it. It was so loud. It sounded like someone pulled a shotgun next to my ear. And it was so shocking. I don't think you realize. Also, I didn't realize it lifted us up off the couch because I put my arms up over my head to protect my head from getting blown off because that's what I thought was happening. And what is it? Simultaneously, all the windows shattered. Inside, Some of the windows, yeah. Inside and out, because it was suction that moved through. It wasn't just like a force. It was the air was displaced by this explosion. But at the time, we didn't know what it was. I thought someone put a pipe bomb at the front door. 
And all I could think is, who the fuck did we piss off? And I thought that somebody drove a car. Into the garage? Into the garage. Somewhere we had a car run into our house. Which, and to understand where the house is on the street, it would have been really weird. Yeah. And almost not possible. You wouldn't have had enough force because there's a weird kind of court in front of it. Like, a car couldn't have got a serious running straight start to hit our house with enough force. And then all I remember is dad standing up going, what the fuck? What the fuck? And what I the remember fuck just happened. Yeah. What the fuck just happened? I kind of wish I had seen that. And I remember it very clearly because dad usually will not drop the F-bomb in front well, of he us. He will now. Oh, uh, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, usually he won't. So I was like, Dad is cussing. This must be serious. <laughs> wow, this well, must be serious. <laughs> the front door was dead bolted and it busted itself in. The fire alarms are blaring like crazy and there's dust everywhere. So it almost feels like you're actually in a fog because you couldn't see so, couldn't see so well. I couldn't see so good. And I remember my first thing is I kind of like hovered around both the our dogs, which are big dogs, and was because they were panicked too. I'm lucky none of them took off. And then I was like, they were probably in pain. He just farted. Yeah. <laughs> he just farted. <laughs> he said, "Yes, I remember the day." He's reliving it. I think so. Ah, uh, yes, I also remember. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Capone. Oh, He's getting kind of upset. Yeah. So I kind of was like hovering over them and then you get this tunnel vision and the whoa, whoa, whoa sound in your ears. And I was like, do I call 911? And I forget who told me to. It is hard to use your finite motor skills when your adrenaline is running that quickly and buttons aren't buttons anymore. So you're using your screen and you're not getting that solid like I'm pushing down. So it was hard to do. And when 911 answered, I go, there was a bomb. <laughs> and she, I'm pretty sure it was, I don't know, it was he or she. They go, are you in Richmond Hill? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, like, you oh, know. Oh, someone help. else had a bomb too. Yeah, emergency <laughs> is on their way. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. Thank you. <laughs> and then how did you, and then you left the house, didn't you? Well, I was kind of half asleep so i was thrown off the couch yeah we pulled, in essence yeah i pulled everyone up off the furniture which Here i didn't was. even realize that's what happened i thought i stood up because i was all of a sudden standing but the more i thought about it yeah. I, it was real fluid the like you know so i was really very convinced that something had ran into our house so i ran out the garage in which the garage door happened to be open to go out and see what hit our house and mm-hmm. i went out enough to see that the other neighbors were stumbling out of their houses like we were. All in their pajamas and nightgowns. Yeah, so it was like... It was like Christmas, but not... But but So so that kind of dawned... I remember that just kind of clicked in my head like, okay, everybody is stumbling out. This is bigger than I think it is. And so you have to put... You're trying to put everything together. And I think I saw a bit of a fire, you know, down... over some houses, but I, I I couldn't even reckon that. So it was just a matter of then I thought of my mother who lived two blocks over, and yep. that just kicked in. So everything else went to the side, and I just started running. So our house butted up to the east side of the neighborhood, and our grandma, our Mima, was all the way on the west side of the neighborhood, which just would have been the front street. 
And this neighborhood has, isn't that big, but it's not that small either. And it only has one entrance and one exit, which becomes a serious problem. And so I, since I was dialing 911, Daniel left and ran out. <laughs> and I'm assuming he, I don't think he went out the front door. I think he followed you. And you probably stopped and was looking at people. He had the company-owned truck that he parked at our small pool, which was right across from us. And so he ran to check on the truck. <laughs> it seemed important at the time. Yeah, well, we didn't own it. So he's going to see what happened to it. And the blast didn't affect car windows like it did all the other windows. So the truck really was fine. Thank God. And... So he, by the time I get out there, he's turned around and I grab him because we're still processing what's going on. And then we both look at each other and we're like, Meemaw. 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 Like out of a movie. Yeah. Like dun, dun, dun. So I must have already gotten to Meemaw's. Were you? No, we got there first. I think I was already in the house, frankly. No, mom. There is no way you ran in your bare socks faster than Daniel and I did (laughs) in our tennis shoes. Okay. Well, maybe that's the truth. (laughs) <laughs> so you were there first how long were you there no we didn't stay okay. i was okay so daniel and i are like we have to get to two mimas so to do that you cross the pool and then there's that street right which is the street did you look down the street well yeah well you're i didn't see any flame or any smoke i don't even know if i smelled anything because my brain just all of a sudden focused in on her so and it, then it's field fair and another part was people were calling it fair field for emergency services so it was also confusing there and so as we're running then you turn to your right and you can see halfway down on the right side of the street there's these two like huge towers of flames like it's massive you could almost feel the heat from i don't know how how many houses was that down that was probably four or five houses down Down. and i looked and thought and put my hands on my head again because apparently that's my reaction for things (laughs) and that what i thought is oh fuck everybody's dead there's nothing we can do. And so, like, my brain didn't even tell me to, like, go. Like, those people could need help. Like, right. not. It, it was only my grandmother is what I had. Because that was what. But it, you were going to help someone. Yeah. I, but, yeah, that's my the same thing. I looked down the street just like you did and saw the massive amount of billowing flame and thought people have died. Yeah. And that's just, I thought people have died. And if I've ever been in war. This is and this is the thought I had. Mm-hmm. If I had ever been in war, this is what war would seem like. Yeah, and you're like, I catalog that, and I don't ever have to do it again. Moving on. Moving on. Running in my socks. Yeah, you were running in your socks. Daniel and I had tennis shoes. We're not runners, so by the time we got there, we're like, <laughs> we're not runners. <laughs> oh god. <sighs> and, you know, so we get up to the door, and I look in, and she's sitting down in her chair. She's always in, and I go. Do you think she heard it? Because <laughs> we all knew she was pretty much deaf. I thought she hadn't heard it, so I wasn't going to upset her for no reason. <laughs> like that was, she's fine. She's she looks fine. fine in there. She's with the dog. I'm not going to tell her about it till later. And so Daniel and I left. That's when we ran into you on the way there, oh, okay. chugging along in your bare feet. Yeah. That sucks. So Jesus. Then, so Mima had heard it. She stood up, saw it. And yes, yeah, she knew what was going on. I mean, I shouldn't say she knew what was going on. She was aware that something was happening mm-hmm. and that it wasn't right. But well, what was she, she going to do? Yeah. She wasn't really. How rasped. old was she at the time? She was 85. 85. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I mean, she and, looked at the dog and goes, did you hear that? 
Did you hear that? And then she kind of wobbled Shuffled. over. Shuffled. Yeah. And we could, by that point, we could actually see flames. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I don't, I think she kind of just was not, think- not registering. And like, it was easy for her to just go back and sit down and mm-hmm. look I, well, at the game. And she probably also just thought, my people will come. My people. Well, I was there and I don't know if she knew how nervous I was. Yeah. And I really was uh, like calling people and, you know, I was pretty nervous and, and I'm not sure she, maybe she did, but after a while, and I can't even tell you how much time it was, but I was just compelled to go back to, I love my house so quickly that I didn't even look around. I looked at nothing. I just ran away from my and house. And for all you know, like your house is the one on fire too. Right. Now. I yeah. had no idea. And and it, I was just kind of pacing around and I asked her a few times, you know, Bob and Chris are on the way. Are you okay? Can I go? I mean, I think I need to go back and check on my house. And she was like, yeah, I'll go ahead. And so I left to to go back to my house and they weren't going to let me through. <laughs> it was already set up. There was already uh, triage. Yeah, at, you know, laid out on people's yards to be ready to to care for people, and it was really a, a pretty. It looked really pretty efficient, actually. Oh yeah, and the, and there was which is like how how could you even be prepared? Yeah, right. so, but then they've got all these massive fire trucks and everything, and EMs are EMTs are on the way in and all through that one entrance. Well, then everyone felt this. How far mile radius was this? I don't know. My brother was in uh, Shelbyville that night uh, with his uh, niece and nephew, and he felt it. It hit an earthquake sensor that was over thirty miles away. Like it was a. It would have been more than that because yeah. it was. It's in Bloomington. It's at IU. At IU. Okay, so yeah, all it would have been at least minutes, fifty, mi- 50, 50 miles, miles away. It hit the earthquake sensor. It like went ping and then back to normal. Yeah, like yeah. there was nothing. It was felt all around. Everybody was aware of that. What, you know, so, that was even relatively close, we're aware. And we had uh, our aunt and uncle were driving on 465 and saw it. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> the fuck was that? <laughs> they could see the like the flame. So everyone felt this. Their house shook. Some people's pictures fell off the walls that weren't even in the neighborhood. And so everyone does what any logic person would do. I gotta go see what that was. Get in the car and go find it. <laughs> Whatever it was, I gotta find it. It was an alien spaceship And attack. I gotta take pictures of it. So they were already stopping. I mean, really, the police got there re- and firemen fast. got there oh, fast. Yeah. And they were stopping people from coming in. And then my brother and his wife, and she she's a retired state trooper, she flashed Which- her credentials and was able to walk in and they let her through, so she got to my mom's house mm-hmm. after I had gotten there, and after Mark got there. Yeah. So he met them there, and they were taking care of her, and so I was on my way back to my house, which they wouldn't let me through. So I just went, okay, I know the neighborhood real well, and I went behind houses. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, I'll be right Really? Back. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went, okay. and then I did not know that. And by yeah. this time. But I, I managed to go to Beth. Nobody had fences? Jeez. <laughs> no, they didn't, luckily. No. Yeah. So I stopped at her house and went, are the home? Yeah, because that so was high school teachers. Yeah. She said, no, they're not home. So I was relieved. And then I just really, that was just a ploy. You know, they saw me go into that house and then I just went zoom and went around the back. So I was already on the other side of that with Daniel and we kind of stopped and stared for a little bit. And we're just like, and we none of us had really the impulse to take 
quality pictures or video so why I why would you though i don't know because i don't know what it is like you're just standing there like in awe and finally i was like i'm really fucking thirsty like that's all i could think about it's um like how your body is recovering from the adrenaline shock mm-hmm. so then i was like i have to find water and i went back home and then someone climbed the fence and is banging on the sliding glass door and i about screamed you're like, as if I hadn't been through enough no, already. Like, what is next? Who is it? Well, it was your boyfriend at the time. Next. No. Ex. Oh, he was your ex still then, too? Yeah. Carla's ex boyfriend. It was a long time ago. I know. Jumped the back privacy fence. That he knew. He just knew right away that something wasn't right and he was coming. And he knew how to get to the neighborhood from the, from the opposite side. Yes. Yeah. And he had his dad drop him off. Yeah. He yeah. had to have moved fast. I mean, he was like. I think he was coming to save you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Which was nice, but still. No, I'm like. No, I was glad to see him. It just scared me. Yeah. Yeah. But there was nothing he could do, unfortunately. No, except to witness it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know. So then at some point, we were just watching like spectators and dad gets out a cigar. (laughs) But it's like. Grandpa Frank did the same thing when like there was a tornado coming. Like, what what are you (laughs) going to do? Just watch it. Or yeah. a storm or something like that. So I never even saw Mark again the whole night. See, I didn't see you How? either. How is that possible? I'd, I just think the timing was that... Didn't you all go to St. or Saint. No, he didn't go there. He didn't go to the, the school. <laughs> so I never, ever saw him after he cussed. I never saw him again the whole night. Well, I did weird. communicate, I think, by text a couple times. Yeah. But I think he was just behind me going to my mom's. And then he spent some time with my um, with my sister-in-law and brother. And then I somehow made my way back. And Josh was already there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we just stood for a long time watching it. I remember asking one of the firefighters to hurry up. <laughs> I was like, you little brat. <laughs> well, it was, I think when it first kind of happened and they were hooking up the hose and it just felt like to the fire hydrant, it just felt like it was taking a really long time. I was like, you need, you know what's going on over like, there? Hurry, come on, man. Hurry, hurry. Like, I see what's your, happening. I can't do your job for you. But see, I never got, I don't think I had any time. I was just busy. And by the time I got back to our house, dad was gone. You two were there and they said, get, get out. They so said, I still never really, I you put I, shoes on, right? I put shoes on. No, you didn't. I got your shoes. You got my shoes. So they were like, get out. And I had a panic moment because I didn't want to leave the dogs. And people are like taking their dogs. I was like, no, no, you don't understand. We have one dog that's nuts. And they're two (laughs) big dogs. Like, I can't take that dog anywhere. So the glass was shattered in the office. So I like closed that door. The mirrors were shattered in the master bedroom. So I closed that door. And there's no electricity. So there's no heat. So that's also another thing. It's like they were okay through the night because it wasn't like you know negative 10 which it could be in November. i mean like it is right now yeah it's fucking freezing <laughs> and we didn't know where the cat was the cat but was, it was fine the cat the had cat always fine. been fine the cat's always been fine until it got hit by a car but that was much later i grabbed mom's purse her shoes and a charger for your phone and like i don't know how you thought like that i don't know but it came out quick like spun twice and i was and like, they were like go now yeah they're like, like don't go back in your house is everyone out and they didn't know what it was so mm-hmm. like that was they decided now like there could be a secondary explosion because of gas yeah i remember we were debating about what it was i was like it's a plane crash and it's gotta be because we have that small airport by right by there and it's like the people are like, it was somebody a- cooking meth, meth. that's what that it was which, would have been, which is kind of like it wouldn't be far-fetched 
no. Like, it was a good neighborhood, but, like, that could go on anywhere. Indiana, yeah. Yeah, we got yeah absolutely. Here. That could go on anywhere. Yeah. So, we didn't know the people that owned the house, and we didn't really, couldn't see too much all the way down there to know. We weren't standing, like, in it. Uh, but, let's see, our neighbors that we're still good friends with butted up kind of to it at a diagonal a little bit, and their son was driving when it happened, and so he thought his car exploded. Right. He thought, I mean, yeah, it was just, I mean, he was just really only one house away from it. Yeah. And him and I drove the same car, so I understand how he, he probably did think. (laughs) It's exploding. (laughs) It was a very old car. So he continued to drive. I mean, he was panicked Mm -hmm. and got to his house. Well, his house had shifted so much that no doors would open. He was banging on the door. So he was banging on the door to get to his parents and his sister and... He couldn't get in the house. He was screaming. And then for some reason, he just had a whim to turn and walk towards a house that was on fire. And he actually saved a girl. Yeah. She was holding her phone. So it lit up her face so he could see See, her. Yeah. She was like like ankle or like knee deep in rubble or something. Yeah. So So he turns and and heads and, and saves her life. In the meantime... That same family, that mother was trapped in rubble. Yeah. And only could get her hand out. And they ended up being able to pull her out of the rubble. But she said she could feel the heat of the fire oh. on her back. Oh, that's that's honestly Yeah, terrifying. so they were real close, meaning their house just like crumpled in on itself. That's terrifying. It's, um, it's all very terrifying. And I think at the same, the happening at the same time was James at the, on the other side of the neighborhood, he couldn't get out of his bedroom. Because the house had shifted, he's oh. screaming. He's in there screaming. I he was because he didn't know what, what was going 16 on. Sixteen at the time. Yeah, he's sixteen years old, trapped. Just there, just been a massive explosion. He's trapped in his bedroom, screaming and can't get out and can't get out. So the kind of the same thing that happened to Michael. He was not knowing what happened to his family, pounding on the doors, and they had shifted. He couldn't get in, mm-hmm. and then he ended up being drawn to this girl's face. To help her. Get well, he out. probably was just like, "I'll try the back door, right, or something." But one like, of the I things, gotta go somewhere. One of the things that I noticed right when the explosion happened, I looked up and I actually saw my house go in and out. So yeah, I, I actually, and I can. You can you compare that to like an old cartoon? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like an old Tom and Jerry. Like yeah, there's I an explosion, the whole house kind of like. Go, yeah, just kind of. Came in and went out, and or I'm like, like um, oh my god, I just saw my. And it didn't knock over the things you would think, like trinkets no. and stuff, or like where we were. Nothing fell off the walls. It was the glass and dust everywhere. The TV was shifted, but anyone who had a garage door down, it looked like a truck had hit it. The suction pulled all the garage doors inward, even if it was facing away from the explosion right. or towards it. Because it all... wasn't wind; it was force. Yeah, it's force. But the best part about all of this is we decided we weren't going to upset Carla. Just like we're not gonna buy. We'll tell Carla about it tomorrow. Tomorrow we won't. I can't call her. Right the funny now. thing, <laughs> it's funny that you thought like we were gonna. It wasn't gonna you. be that big of a deal. No, it wasn't that big a deal. Like it's a big deal, but it was like we're fine. We're not gonna. Start. We're not gonna. We don't want to. We don't want to drive here in the middle of the night. Did that. <laughs> so how did you find out then? I just had I had people calling me. Mm-hmm. Well, I like first I like pulled out my phone and I was like, why is it calling? This feels random. But also, I was like, I'm wasted, so it could be anything. I don't know. And I answered, and of course, all she said to me was, have you talked to your mom? And you're like, 
That's really How ominous. That's 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 horrible. Yeah. And I said no. And she goes, you, you need, need to, to call talk. your mom. You need to call your mom. So I think by the time you called and I had I had lots of I had like messages upon messages too, like other people that probably just like found me on Facebook. Facebook and, were like, and we're, where are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? And then people were calling my roommates, asking if they if I was okay. Where's Carla? Where is she? So I think by the time you called me, we were j- just leaving the neighborhood. You were like, "We're fine." <laughs> That's a mom voice. <laughs> We're, we're fine. Fun. We're walking to Mary Bryant <laughs> Elementary School because it butted up. To we're the being evacuated, but we're fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, there's Rafael Sanchez from Channel. He 6. asked me, "Is it Richmond Hill or Hills?" And I was like, "Fuck, I'm not sure." <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Little did I know, Rafael would be conducting interviews at our house at one point. But anyway, the wa- I just wanted to say the walk from our house down the street to take the path to get to Mary Bryant was so eerie. And all the did smoke you, was coming at us Did at you guys point. talk at all? What happened? I was real upset about having to leave the dog, so I but wasn't. The, it was like so many people, like they were already gone. Mm-hmm. So many people were already evacuated. We were a little bit slow. So wow. we're walking okay, down well, you the had, street. You were, running, you were running around the neighborhood, truly running. We were running yeah. around the neighborhood, so we took up a lot of time. And and so maybe we were one of the last ones to leave, and we're walking out, and all the all the lights are out, mm-hmm. the street lights are out, and it, and of course you see the the on the next street over is where all the activity is with the fire and all that, but it was a creepy. So we're actually thing. walking towards the fire. We just happened to be one street behind over. it, yeah. And then we continued on towards the grade school and. I felt that was eerie. I mm-hmm. really recall it was pitch that. Black. And then we were meet it, met by news reporters and like all these other stuff. As you're, where well, there's video of Daniel and I like coming through, like the smoke, like ah. Yeah, well, it, there's come. no lighting in that on the way to the mm-hmm. school. But yeah, the, fi- that's the fire field. provided a nice glow. Yeah, you could see yeah. everything. Did you look over at all while you were walking? Yeah, but it was hard to because the smoke was a certain oh, type okay. of smoke, smoke that like you could, it, you it's couldn't not tell. like fire, campfire smoke. Yeah. And you're like, if I keep looking into this, I'm not going to be able to breathe. Right. right. So okay. I remember not getting a good view. And there was a lot of debris and, you oh, know, yeah. that type so, And of all thing. The, gra- the garage doors, like I said. All the garage, as you walk, that was kind of really compelling. You really, as you're walking, you can't really tell the amount of damage that had happened except for the garage doors mm-hmm. and the windows and doors blown in. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even know what to think. I'd be like, what could even cause that? Yeah, you Nothing. I think <laughs> like, some people were quick enough. They threw all their life savings and children and pets in cars and got the fuck out. Before the hoses. Hoses, yeah. Yeah, before, once the hoses from the fire department crossed the streets or whatever, nobody, you couldn't drive out. And we were like... Those people knew what happened because how quickly they, they know something. <laughs> they knew something. Yeah, they left. Yeah. I mean, two doors down from us, they were out the door immediately and they mm-hmm. got out. But um, we had to arrange for someone to pick us up at Mary Bryant. But even that Mary Bryant was see, rather surreal. Yeah. Daniel, I think, got sick in the bathroom there. Like, finally, once stuff got, started to calm down. Can we, let's, can we rewind? Because you said that Chris walked in to the front of the neighborhood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how did she get Meemaw out in her because car in Meemaw's car she okay because i was like the and thought they, no literally... they fought her some i think they didn't want chris in there oh this is a whole nother story is my mom's encounter <laughs> well because i guess things were pretty calm up until when the firemen 
kind of burst through her doors and looked at her and said, you need to go and we're getting an ambulance for you. And she started to wheeze Mm -hmm. and become distraught. And my sister-in-law and brother were there and they were like trying to talk to him. And just as they were breaking into the house and saying, you you got to go and you're going in an ambulance and you got to get out of here. Well, the lights went out immediately right then too. So mm-hmm. she had this, you know, trifecta of... That kind of makes me emotional. Like, yeah. It was very bad. And she started, you know how my mom used to wheeze and mm-hmm. she would just be, you know, not being able to catch her breath. And, and, and then really... Chris, being a police officer, went, well, no, we can get her out. I can get her out of here. Yeah, she gets in cars all the time. And there's no... She drives. Yeah. She goes, there's no hoses on this street because the mm-hmm. hoses were beyond. So she goes, I can drive her out of here. I can take her out. We can take her medicine mm-hmm. and we can take care of her and take her to our house. Let us take her. So it was a fight. So the fight is going on. While it's dark and they're trying to pack all her stuff that she needed and get all her medicine and to to fight with the fire department, essentially, and get her out of there, which the only good thing about my mom at the very end, she's leaving and she just looked up and said, don't forget the box of wine. <laughs> Not even a bottle. Get the box. Get the box, box of wine. wine. <laughs> that if, if I hadn't already cried before, I don't know. That probably would have made me. Yeah, well, that's it, really that is what that affected her. That was all her. my mom's demise. Yeah, that it was a PT. It caused some. It superior caused t- some really bad stuff. Because I almost, I almost thought you said. Well, Chris, I thought you were hinting that Chris walked her out of the neighborhood, and I was no. like, that makes my heart like no. Nah. But other than that, like the firemen and the police officers, they did they, a phenomenal did. job. But the point was, it was like, save this ambulance for someone else. Like, you can use this ambulance for right. another part. We don't know how many people are injured or how many other old people can't get out. Like, just let I, us get I don't her blame out. them for having that. Like, and that's they're a aggressive in some other ways that they didn't realize the impact that they would have. And, and I heard that through that grace they came in pretty firmly mm-hmm. and were like, you're getting out and you're getting out now. And it, it, it impacted her. Yeah. Well, yeah. can you imagine having some burst through your door and yeah. tell you what to do? Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty precarious for them as well. So I get, I, you, know, I, you understand be, why though. They're trying to be. Yeah. They're like, I'm saving your life. You can be traumatized by me later. No. And they're literally, we're like, we're saving your life right now. Like yeah. get out. But it's like, we're okay. <laughs> well, and I can see on the other end too that they're yelling. I mean, they and the longer this it is takes the old person in here. We don't know who you are. Like some people yeah. though didn't wake up. Like they were. They oh, that would have went. Well, that would have been like one hundred and ten percent me. And you know, yeah. was, Grandpa. Oh, refused to, to leave. leave. He would not leave. So mm-hmm. he and his. They daughter, lived in another house on, on Mima Street. Yeah, it was yeah. at the end of my mom's street, and he was not going period so funny well there was another guy though that we talked to also that he stayed he stayed so there might have been a few but i don't know how you tell like i don't know arrested if you refuse i don't don't know i don't think they would be in but there was no power all night i mean Mm -hmm. they you have to be okay with i just if you had looked at the position of his house i just been it would he wasn't really close to it he was on the front street again no hoses no hoses and yeah so daniel calls his parents during this and was like an, an, a house exploded in daniel's parents neighborhood a, a house there was a bomb or something and she's like that's, that's nice, nice. <laughs> that's nice that's, that's nice, nice dear <laughs> <laughs> i know she's like oh oh my 
Oh my. Oh okay, my. well. Well, she had been asleep. So yeah. she they didn't That's know. That's nice. And it really That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> they really didn't know what happened. So you can't really you're just like, so oh, that's terrible. I'm gonna, I'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? <laughs> so then did he stop talking he to her? Was, I remember seeing him on the phone. He went, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but then Mindy, my sister-in-law, saw it on the news, saw that it was our neighborhood connected that we lived there and was like, I think that's Danielle and Daniel. Like on, like on that's the her TV. Pa- yeah. <laughs> like well, that's her parents' neighborhood. And so then Tyler and Daniel communicated and then Tyler and Mindy. You came. kind of just sounded like her just then too. <laughs> they came and picked <laughs> us up at the elementary school. And so that was our ride. They brought a friend though too, because he's like, I'm not missing out on this shit. <laughs> Who was the friend? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but we were all crammed into their we're, like enclave. Yeah. Get so in, we're, we're going to Richmond Hill. Car, and then we're heading to my brother and my sister-in-law's house. Yeah. That was our meeting point. How did Dad get there? He wasn't in the car with you? He wasn't with us, was he? I don't know how he got <laughs> he there. He must have been in the car with my mom. Yeah. We're going to have to, to verify yeah. that. I don't know. He, right? So he was at he was at Meemaw's house? Yeah, I think. He must have rode with them. Yeah, he ended up there at some point. You guys are freaking me out. <laughs> well, so, but it, you decided, though, you had to be here. Okay, like, it wasn't like... Not. Okay, but it wasn't a decision. It was like... It was a reaction, mm-hmm. and I was beside myself because I I truly like I I drank to the point where my fine motor skills and everything <laughs> were I am a- compromised, and I it someone could have looked at me and been like nothing happened, and I still would have been like <laughs> so you had to find a sober person, and I did, and then like it's such a blur because I was having such a fun night before mm-hmm. that happened. Things. And like I went to this, I don't. Their frats are weird. I was in a frat in that looked like a church. I remember that. And then we went upstairs. Before all this, I cussed a girl out. That was pretty fun. <laughs> um, we went upstairs, and I really, truly don't know. But I just remember being with Kelsey, and she kept telling me to stop crying. Yeah, you don't own me. <laughs> she was you like, "You need understand. to stop." And then I just remember like walking through. Imp- like empty floors of fr- fraternities. So you're having some surreal. How did you drunk find moment. someone to bring you home? I went finally went back to Jackson's house, and Doug and Mike and Tyler were planning not to stay all night. Okay. So I was like, honestly, I was like, you have to take me home. Who wants like, to be my knight in shining armor? Get in the car. Yes. <laughs> I remember all. I just all I remember is I drove. We drove. They drove me home, and I cried and. I literally cried into Tyler's lap the whole ride home. <laughs> and he's like, this is not what I pictured for this evening at all. <laughs> the whole, and he, then he, I had Was to, he going there, there? He there, probably there. was like, <laughs> you're right. Really, we just all ended up back at my brother's house. Bob and Chris the, with the. But not, but not you and Daniel. You no, got, we were there for a minute. Okay. Because we dropped you off. And then, is that where you met up or did you? That's where I went. Yeah, because they weren't letting everyone through. I somehow figured out that's where you guys were. They weren't letting everyone through to go to Mary Bryant to pick people up. Like, Tyler had to say, I'm here for some. Because they, looky-loos, you know, were coming through. So, we got there, dropped you off, and then Tyler and Mindy drove us back home where my car was. So, like, we still had a car because Daniel couldn't get that truck out. And so, we're I'm back in our bedroom in Plainfield, like, and I can't go to sleep how can you decompress yeah like i was just like i 
I don't know what to do. So we were texting and I, you know, then we're concerned about when well, I finally you- sobered up to, and of course, of, of fucking course, I arrive at Bob and Chris's house and everyone, everyone's sitting outside on a lawn chair. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Uh, hey. t- is this a tailgate? What they are we doing? We had the box wine. Well, we had the box wine out. By that point, we needed it. And we came in and I was like, I don't know. I must have been sobering up by then. Because I was like, oh, I'm yeah. hungry. And then Chris gives me a fucking chicken leg and was like, here, eat this. <laughs> From KFC, <laughs> we so- got it from your house. They brought it I in don't remember it being like not very good. Was Paul end up there? Do you remember? Was Paul I probably. I don't I recall. I remember tucking Mima into bed. You're like, they're there. They're there. <laughs> so we put her in Matthew's bed and we're like, night, night. What are you going to do? I don't know. I remember being like so jittery, my finger. But so I kept texting you wanting to know when we were going to get back into the neighborhood. And then we stayed up all night in the living room, me and mom and dad watching the news. You couldn't get comfy in there? We we watched the news the whole night and couldn't. We were on the same I think couch. maybe like I, I, I was in, in and out of sleep maybe like a couple times. I remember just sitting waiting for our house in Plainfield to and explode. And then we went at 8 a.m. and they said, come back at noon. No, we went in the middle of the night. Oh, we did? Yeah, it was still, yeah, it was in the middle of the night we went and um, we yeah, had That's why to sleep. I was still awake because I was like, I'm going to keep oh, I don't, I don't. I didn't sleep at all, I don't think. So mm-hmm. we drove by. Do you remember driving and it mm-hmm. was dark and somebody yes. from the ATF said you can't go in there. Said, Get more the like out. we were actually here's our here's our you know our driver's license. We actually live there. He goes, you cannot go in there. And we said we've got two dogs. We're very concerned. And the guy said, your dogs in your house right now are safer than they've ever been. And you go, okay, is there <laughs> carry on? Oh, and there was no way. And he said, you'll be let. They'll let you know tomorrow when you can come back, and whether your house will be approved for you to come back. So you just have to hang tight. And then we tried to go back and um, sleep for a little bit, but I, I mostly was texting people. People mm-hmm. were asking me questions. I just remember. I think their couch reclines, so I remember sitting on it. Like so, I yeah, I kept wanting to know like when when are we getting back in? Where how are the dogs? How are the dogs? But then the next morning, I was like, we have to go back. Like there was this weird pull to go and be in it. Well, you have probably wanted to see it in the daylight. Yeah, and it's like I need to know. So it is that you pulled up and they are like, give me your driver's license because if your house was condemned or deemed unsafe, you couldn't even come in the neighborhood. So just to even check things out, they would they didn't let you in. So our house, because there was another large house right across the street next to the pool, absorbed a great deal of the impact is what we think, right? Right. So our house had, what, 100,000 damages? Right. But you couldn't tell a whole lot by looking at it. It didn't look no. that bad. No, like peeling a banana, figuring out what was wrong with it. Yeah. Which the insurance didn't want us to peel. Who was your insurance? Shelter. Shelter. Okay, but didn't they work with you better than other ones? State yes. Farm was the worst. We, uh, a lady we still had trouble. We had a lot of trouble, but... Uh, a woman that had American family said they were really good. Great. That's what I have. Good. <laughs> yeah, they insurance fought people. So they let us back in, and my driver's license still said my childhood home. Mine and did f- not f- until like not that long ago. Not that long ago. <laughs> so even though we lived in Plainfield, I hadn't bothered to change it, which turned out to be very helpful, which means I could get in. And the guy actually, a police officer, like was checking me in and goes, you're very lucky. And I was like, I know, sir. I know. I please let me go back to it. So we get there and we would just stand in the living room 
and pace back and forth. Well, I like I had a moment. Well, okay, because I didn't know what was going on. And I still obviously was sobering up at the time. I don't know how long it takes you to actually sober up, but I was. Well, you cried all the alcohol out of your eyeballs. I, I, it must have happened that way. I don't know. I do remember when I got back to the house, I was kind of like, dude. You're like, well, if <laughs> I'm <we're-> hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I remember they were like, you can go back and whose car were we in? Were we in, in Mimo's? We were in we were Mimo's. Mimo's car. Mm-hmm. And I just remember dad being like, are you ready? And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do- I was born ready. What are you talking about? And then like, as soon as we went past Bernadette's house, I was just immediately like sobbing. Oh, because I didn't understand. I don't process emotions that are intense right away. I just am just like absorbing it, and it didn't. Okay, well, you were there. I yeah. wasn't, so all I had to well, had was my ima- imagination. Yeah, yeah. But even for me, it was very overwhelming to see it in daylight. I cried. I cried, and then we got back, and the dogs were fine. Obviously, they were mm-hmm. good. And then I sat on the couch, and I was like, "What if it happens again?" Like. Right. Statistically yeah. speaking. But that's how I felt. Afterwards. Oh, yeah. I still. But we were approved to go back to our house. That The uh, city had been in there. They had gone into every house and determined the stability. So we were approved to go into our. Some were not. Yeah. And they wrote down kind of messy, but okay. <laughs> but we were saying. Can't tell if mess is from explosion no, or no. residence. <laughs> but we were allowed to go in and they didn't want us to go out. They said, you go in and you go and in. You don't go out and talk to your neighbors. You go into your house, period. Well, okay, we'll go into a house with n- no power and no it's food, a mess. Yeah. And we're just looking at it. And, you know, we've called insurance, but nothing's going to happen. No. That was really weird. Yeah. Just to be it was in a this... Sunday then for the insurance. You're like, it's just... Yeah, I mean, we were just no, it was in a Saturday. our house. Like... No, by the next day. Oh, it was it's Like the insurance right. isn't showing up. Yeah, you know? I mean, they wouldn't even let any insurance in at that mm-hmm. point. I mean, they no. were. it was still a crime scene. So there we are. Do, 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 do. We're in this blown up house, essentially, with no power. And, and I was scared and I felt like it was going to happen again. And it was eerie. And I think the dogs were impacted, maybe mm-hmm. from the the sound of it. Yeah, they they seemed a little skittish. Yeah, they were happy to see us though. So. They didn't pee or poo poo in the house. Yeah, they did real good. You did good. <laughs> we still have one. With we us. have one. Yeah. <laughs> and the cat was fine, except they. So what is it? Then they tried <laughs> to catch everyone's animals. So the animals got out that night from different dogs or cats or whatever so then they start putting out traps to catch animals well our cat was the type of cat that would do whatever it wanted whenever it wanted so it would come and go and we liked it that way he had a cat door into the garage so and he didn't have a litter box so we couldn't keep him inside if he decided he was leaving and he would escape and get caught again because they would put wet food you know (laughs) she got caught twice fancy feast (laughs) In the cages, and he's like, fuck all y'all, that looks good. And he got caught twice. My people never give me this. Did they actually take him to the pound the second time? Yeah. Yeah, and then what'd they do? They showed up and gave me a ticket. They drove into an explosion site to find my mother to give her a ticket for the cat getting caught a second time. And And this was closed. It was a closed community at that point. Residents could come in with their driver's license. But that was it. But they sent them in 
to give to a give me, and I had a fit. Oh yeah, and I was like, "You have got you. Do you know what just happened to us? It was it like a hundred and twenty dollar ticket too. Uh, I think it was fifty seventy five. But the police there was a police officer stationed just in front of our house. They always had police mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, and he gets out of the car to come and see. And I'm like, I go really, really. They came back in here to give me a ticket. For my cat, and I was just involved in a catastrophe, and I was really pretty, pretty. Oh yeah, that's the. That's the. You know, that was the tipping point. Yeah. That was and it was in the news, too. That was the straw. They fucking that... put that story in WTHR, wasn't it? The <laughs> yeah, news. So we're trying like to respond. Like, what? Or it was on the internet news. Yeah, internet news. We're like, what is going on? Like, leave leave our cat alone. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, were, they say? That's the straw, the straw that broke the camel's back. It yeah. did. It, it broke my back that day. <laughs> but a lot of things broke my back during that time. And part of the whole thing was... The days and weeks afterwards were, you know, full of of big vans from the FBI, ATF, the police, the uh, state police, Indianapolis police. Homeland Security. Homeland Security all lined up. And since we lived in the back of the neighborhood, it took us a while to get out of our neighborhood. And... We had show ID to come in and out. It was very. You surreal. had to meet someone outside and get them in your car to bring them in. Yes, mm-hmm. and and the, just to coordinate, start coordinating insurance, talking to other neighbors. Other things were going on in our lives that we couldn't attend to. My mom was n- starting not to fare very well because of the trauma, and then they finally get to the point where you know, houses are getting to the point that they need to be torn down. And so you wake up in the morning to crunch, 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 and there's cranes out tearing houses down. Is that bizarre or what? Yeah, like you're, you, our house wasn't going to be, but like I have it, 80 house, houses were damaged, and I don't know how many of that. 30. Had, 30 had to be torn 33, down. 33, I think. And then it was $4 million in damages is, yeah. was the estimate. But some people, I mean, that's your neighbor, your neighbor, your friend, their house is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people would come in and they couldn't go in. Uh, I read an article that a few people were able to get a few things or police officers found military flags or memorabilia that from relative, like they would bring out of people's houses for them. Be like, sorry, you can't go back in your house. But here's Yeah, sorry, stuff. you can't get anything else. Yeah. So thank God all our junk was fine. We saved all of our junk and we packed it up and well, I think moved I, two times since then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I would have been relatively devastated if I couldn't get photos. Yeah. I'm sure it was hard on people. Like it really, I can't process what it would feel like to actually lose the house. All of a sudden my identity was wrapped up in that house. Like, yeah. Like I can't exist. It felt like that. It's weird. And it, it, it's silly to think about in reality. But in the, that moment, I thought the fire was going to like spread all the way to our house. It's a whole street over. Um, I mean that was still that's still one of the fav- one of my most favorite places I ever lived. I mean, mm-hmm. it was always fun. You, were you the first to sell your house then? Right, we sold it. Um, I'm trying to think. It probably was a year and a half later mm-hmm. that we actually were the first ones, and it was tough. Uh, it was really right as the market was starting to get better, but the appraiser wasn't w- willing to give the price. You know, it's like, oh, I can't get any comps. I'm sorry. 
And it's like, so we're just making up numbers. I remember this. You just got to be kidding me. Yeah. That you're going to knock $10,000 off. And, you know, we've done all this work because it's. Yeah, you had to fix it. And you should have been put in a hotel while it was being fixed. And the insurance wouldn't do that, right? Yeah, let's visit that for a second because that was my least favorite fucking part of this whole thing. You were living in the construction. Yes. The whole floor was plywood. And I come home for Christmas break for a month. And the whole damn floor is plywood. Yep. Yeah, and there's ever- one seat to sit in. Was it? There's, there's one toilet. seat. At one point, there was a toilet in the living room. Wasn't oh, that, that was the used? second seat. That was the second, second seat. seat. The one seat was the couch, half of the couch, because the other half had shit on it. Mm-hmm. And so if one person was sitting in the living room, there was only one person sitting in the living room. And, but no, no, no. And then one person on the toilet. One person could sit on the toilet. Yes. That's so I right. came, I come home from college and mom has a dog sitting on top of her on the one spot on the couch. And you're like, so I'll just stand. But I would come home from work. I was still making it to work and being, I was so tired. I had to come home and lay on that couch. But <laughs> My the, only the, couch. We would have workers still working and I had to lay dust on the couch. Dust was everywhere. I couldn't even shake the dust out of the bed at night. I could, I was so tired. Yeah. Because I was spending my time between taking care of my mom, working, and then trying to coordinate the repair of our house was a big deal. It was yeah. annoying. It was a it was... really big deal figuring out what was wrong, what had to be done, and the fight with insurance. Mm-hmm. You, it, you screamed at him a couple it of happened, times, right? But it, it wasn't done afterwards. Mm-hmm. It and wasn't done for like two years. People got screwed over by contractors and their insurance. People stole money from people saying, we'll fix this, and then they never showed House up again. House is sat vacant yeah. oh, for yeah, a year. boarded up. Yeah, it was weird. I was yeah. gonna say just because it was done, it, it wasn't over. It it was like two years before we finally took a breath. I felt like, and then you moved into Mima's house and fixed well, it. Well, I think the the biggest thing was that we were also getting ready for. We bought a couple houses that we were fixing up for renters to move in, and that happened to be going on simultaneously to you planning a wedding and my mom deteriorating very quickly to the point that. We had to put her in a nursing home within six months of the explosion. So that kind of writes the story of the the trauma. But she kept calling 911 from inside the nursing home, <laughs> which I don't blame her. I don't. No, it sucked. The two years sucked. I mean, I had a wonderful time at school, and that's the only upside. Yeah, because then you lived it. in Mima's house, and it was too small for oh all Oh, my God, that was even more junk. That was even worse. That I never really liked living there. I didn't there. feel right. I never felt right in there for one I mean, second. it was a, a blessing in the sense that we gave us time to figure out where we wanted to be. Because then now we... I mean, it know. really was a really big blessing, but in the long run, it was like, we can't stay here. This yeah. is not And then, and then so we moved right. into that house. We moved into that house. And then you're like... Yeah, we got to fix this one up too. Yeah, and I was like, like oh, God, I can't wait to get more it. like drywall dust going. Hey, you dealing with some drywall dust now, Mom? <laughs> is there still more drywall yeah, dust? I think there is downstairs. Downstairs in the basement, we got to fix that up too. That was, and then you bought this house. Ah, oh, we got to fix. Ah, well, wait a minute, my dear. You decided <laughs> to move and all this. Yes, I was six. And then months you pregnant. said, "Help me fix my yeah. house up." Yeah, help me. Yes, and you were fixing my house in Plainfield. How do you do it, Mom? I know. How do you? Everyone owes my mother a dollar on Patreon right now. <laughs> right this minute. You just don't even have any idea. <laughs> Six oh, years mother. later, this is very weird. This yeah. is weird bringing this all back. 
I just have to say, I kept it together. I kept it together. I kept it together. Nothing at school failed me. I mean, like, I did it okay in school. And but there's long term, there's long term stuff got it that goes in me. on. Daniel struggles with anxiety and he, he thinks it made his OCD worse afterwards. So, yeah, it still affects some of us. I think about it at night frequently. Like, what if, you know, something like that happened? You know, like my brain will still t- attach onto that at night time frame when you're tired and you don't expect anything to happen to you. Like your shoes are off. You know, yeah. if I'm wearing my shoes and the charger. <laughs> so now I sleep with a phone charger wrapped around me just in case. Wrapped around you. <laughs> I have woken up like that before. <laughs> but now, you know what really upset me though, actually, is our neighbor who accidentally shot himself. And then I opened my eyes and I can't see anything because I'm blind. I had to find my contacts and there's fire engine lights coming through, you know, our our front window where I am. And so like that brought it. Because the lights were going all the time, like mm-hmm. during yeah. it. So then I go out, and our neighbor accidentally shot himself in the leg, and so the firemen were all there, and he was getting put in the ambulance. And so now a part of me will think that there's that I see fire truck lights, and that I'm not there to help, or that I've missed some, you know, or that something's happened, and I'll have to get up and look out the window and go, I don't even have my glasses on. Why am I looking out the window? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see. Oh, so he was okay. Accidental discharge of a gun. <laughs> I took his. They're the, be- they're the nicest people in the entire world, and I took her to the hospital, and that was very stressful because I'm sitting there with her, not knowing if he's dead or not, like that type of thing. Because he hit uh, like the femoral artery right there in your leg, man. So <laughs> that's another story. That's another story. I slept through that. Yeah. <laughs> You were already home, gone and come back home. Yeah. And I was like, what happened? Man, they clean blood down quick. Firemen, they get the, you know, hoses out to clean off human remain. So the one thing we didn't talk about, though, is that two people died. Yeah, we should talk about that part. Well, we should talk about what happened. They're probably sitting um, here and they're like, you never told us once. I know. Well, if you listen to the first two. So that's all of us. We didn't know. We had no idea. So that's all you would know up until. We didn't know for like, I think until like January. I've got it. No, let's see. Um, When did they make arrests? 8355 Field Fair Way was the home of uh, Dion and Jennifer Longworth. Uh, Jennifer, 36, Dion, 34. His name was John, but he went by Dion. They lived right next door, so it was like 10 feet away. And their impact makes their two-story house a one-story house. So it like accordions down on itself. She dies instantly from the blast. And then he's trapped in the basement where neighbors can hear him. And they're kind of wandering around. And he's got like a basketball-sized hole that you can see him pop in and out of. Uh, they heard him knocking similar to the woman you said was trapped under uh-huh. drywall. And so he told that he said, I'm here. I'm trapped. And the first thing he asked, obviously, is where's my wife? Is my wife OK? And the people, they can stand up and go, okay, she's not, but we're not going to tell him. So they were just like, just stay with me. And eventually the, you know, firefighters show up pretty quickly. They were trying to help him. I have Lieutenant Dean Teagarden. Yeah. My friend's brother. Yeah. Hmm. He was he was impacted. Yeah, see, that's he, what he felt terrible. He said, uh, "T Garden tried to remove his mask to allow him further access to the hole, but it was un- unable to because of the intense heat." Mister Longworth was saying, "It's hot, it's hot, get me out." 
And Lieutenant Teagarden stated, I'm moving any kind of wood or debris that I can. I could reach in. I could grasp his hand and tried to pull him out. I was pulling out when I could, but there were two floors of wood on top of him. Uh, and it was only seven or eight minutes of that before Battalion Chief Mark Culver had to make the call and he pulled everyone back. And there's a picture of this and it, like researching this. All of a sudden I was like, oh, I hate everything because all the firemen are in the street watching the house, like, the house waiting and for knowing it the guy's dying. dying. Yeah. And, and nothing that they can do. Yeah, there's I didn't realize. So I'm like going through collecting and I was I have audio, too, of 911 and radio dispatch, but it's yeah. mostly just dry, straight and confusing field fair and Fairfield because it's right. confusing. Um, That's horrible. That's honestly the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. And then so her, his and her family are figuring out the same stuff we did, the same thing you did. Where Where are my people? How do I I have to count my ducks to know where everyone is? And they told them. Yeah, they called hospitals and things like that, but eventually the firefighters said, um, we'll try to find the bodies afterwards. Like, they had to tell them, like, this isn't good. Right. So an autopsy determined Dion Longworth had extensive burns covering more than 90% of his body. Pathologists found soot covering his entire respiratory tract all the way into his lungs. His cause of death was determined to be inhalation of soot and hot gases followed by severe burns. So probably the worst way to die in the entire world. Fuck those right. people that I did this. Jennifer was on the second floor of the home when the blast happened. The city's chief forensic pathologist would later testify she believed Jennifer died nearly instantly from the pressure wave caused by the explosion. There's your only reprieve. Uh, Dion was an audio engineer of Indie Audio Labs, and Jennifer was a teacher at a local elementary school for the past 12 years. Dion loved gardening and even knew the Latin names of flowers in his yard, while Jennifer knitted hats and scarves for all her students. They met at Montgomery Ward's department store while they were working their way through college. They got married in 2001 at St. Barnabas Church, the same church that would hold their funeral, which it's is It's also sad. You know, another thing we haven't talked tonight about, maybe we just shouldn't talk about the perpetrators. Oh, we will. <laughs> I can't walk away because we killed one of them. We did kill one of them. Preliminary investigation, they did a grid. It's impressive. Smart, smart people, ATF and all those, the Homeland Security, that they're going to figure out exactly backstep, well, piece think by piece by piece to figure out what they happened. They had tents set up mm -hmm. in the streets where they were sifting through everything. Yeah, everything. I was that just saying, when, when, when you kind of had, saw their operation going on, you knew yeah. like, they, um, were not, they were not missing anything. They figured out the home belonged to Montserrat Shirley. And she has a weird first name. I'm not saying it wrong. It's Montserrat. Yeah, Montserrat. Montserrat. Um, they found two key pieces of evidence that would push towards an arson determination. A microwave that appeared to have been damaged from the inside by an explosion with a metal canister and an unexpected piece of straight pipe in the home's gas manifold where the regulator valve should have been. So someone's been tampering with the gas valve to let, because these houses were hooked up to natural gas, and someone put a metal pipe in a microwave where things explode yeah that'll about do it and we think we know before this they had a couple of dry runs and where they were trying to use an old thermostat the click kind mm -hmm. and they thought that would create enough of a spark to ignite the house that was filled with gas but apparently natural gas is somewhat resistant to sparks like that they're dumb well they no, they figured it out yeah then they fixed it Montserrat Shirley, 47, was the homeowner. When she was 25, Montserrat Shirley had followed her older brother and sister from Puerto Rico 
to the Midwest to get an education. Soon thereafter, she met a man named John Shirley. They married in 1993, and they moved to Indianapolis, where he got a job as a, at the pharmaceutical company Eli Lilly. Montserrat got her nursing degree, and they had a daughter. In 2003, while working as an RN at the Veterans Hospital downtown, she decided she wanted to move into the Richmond Hill neighborhood by 2004. The family moved in, and they lived there until 2011 when he got a divorce following the following a bankruptcy so things are going downhill for her uh part of the divorce settlement so what do you do after you get a divorce we saw nicole kidman's picture after she divorced <laughs> tom cruise she looked i loved the that. weight of the world Blissful. was lifted from her <laughs> yeah you go out dating right out to the bars is that where you go to meet people no surely I mean, ask me you can ask me no Shirley and one of her friends had gone out for the night to a bar called Crazy Town. There, Shirley quickly spotted Leonard. To, to her eyes, he was a tall, handsome man with bleach blonde hair and tight jeans. He looks Ugh. like a fuck. Oh, he's not. Oh, Leonard was making it no secret he had a wad of cash on him. Was it cash? Oh. <laughs> and, a, and a Hummer parked outside. Mark Leonard was staring at me right away, Shirley said. I was looking at him, too. Well, that's how eyesight works, folks. <laughs> and Shirley eventually followed. Okay, Shirley eventually allowed Leonard to take her home. That means they hooked up right away. He was still there in the morning when her ex-husband dropped off their 11-year-old daughter and refused to leave when asked to do so. Although he was on house arrest at the time, Leonard moved into her home in Richmond Hill a few weeks later. I don't know if we know what he was on house arrest for. I don't know. But he was stellar, believe you me. Mark Leonard told Shirley he was in construction and bought and sold cars for a living. In reality, he had a habit of meeting older single women online, pretending to be a caring boyfriend while slowly scamming them out of thousands of dollars. Never meet anyone online. He, was <laughs> <laughs> he saw Shirley as a target with a job, a pension, and a house. Well, yeah, well, we could live in it, but you know what else we could do? You know what else we could do with this? <laughs> we could just blow it up. Uh, according to Montserrat Shirley, Mark Leonard first broached the idea of committing insurance fraud in February of 2012. At this point, Shirley could have put a stop to the whole scheme. Uh, she could have refused to go along with it. She could have called the police, but she didn't. What did she do instead? Okay. She increased her... Life insurance. Home, home insurance. insurance. <laughs> Not life. <laughs> That's home what home. I would have done. If she had a good life insurance, he would have got rid of her. Yeah. Uh, from 150000 to 300000 So these homes are, what are what are the range of those homes? Back at the time, they probably won $80,000. Mm -hmm. On October 22nd, she boarded her cat Snowball for the first time, found a babysitter for her daughter, and she and Leonard headed to a casino in Lawrenceburg. How far is that away? Uh, mm -hmm. It's probably two and a half hours. Okay. Shirley said the couple danced and drank through the evening and that Leonard became increasingly concerned when they never received a phone call. Gary Thompson was supposed to have started a small fire in the garage but told them he got pulled over by a cop on the way to the neighborhood, so he never made it, resulting in their first failed attempt. A second attempt was planned for next Saturday. Uh, this time, Leonard planned to cut cardboard onto the fireplace so they didn't lose gas as when they turned it on. He also decided to get someone else involved. Who else did he get involved? His brother. Brother Bob. Crazy Bob. <laughs> he is a bug-eyed, ugly motherfucker. Yeah. I have ever seen one. Didn't he go to high school with Lisa or something? Or Paul? I, I think he did go to Southport. 
his half-brother, Bob Leonard Jr. Uh, for his part in the scheme, Bob Leonard was promised to receive a whopping ten grand. His attempt only resulted in a house full of natural gas, forcing them to stay the night in the hotel. And I think that's with the click thermostat I was talking about mm-hmm. that didn't work. Trying to convince him to give up the scheme, Shirley offered Leonard her 401k that had about $12,000 in it, but he told her it wasn't enough and he wanted that 300000 I would have given him anything. She said, I was in love with him. But we love each other. <laughs> they had such a good life. Oh, God, it's disgusting. November 10th, 2012, on the way to the casino, Leonard told Shirley he and Bob had met someone who worked for the gas company. (laughs) Ironically, they met this person at a bar called the Gaslight Inn. Which is real close close to where you live. It's closed now. Yeah, it's closed now. Yeah. They have uh, they have video of it of them talking to this guy. Yeah, they're no, really, that's that's like, theoretically. Uh, if I wanted to blow up a house, how would I do it? But like theoretically, theoretically, Theor- have yeah. a beer on me. Theoretically, that's not suspicious at all. Yeah. Anyway, this is how I would do it. <laughs> that's what he said. He goes. They told him. Yeah, told they, us uh, how to do it. That they changed that a while ago because I remember driving by it. And it well, not. Aren't they putting up new siding or something? I don't. Something's different finished. about it. I don't know. I okay. just remember driving by it on the way to work, mm-hmm. and like one day it was different. So I don't think yeah. it's open anymore. For most of the day, Leonard and Shirley just sat at the casino bar because they don't have no fucking money. For hours, they sat there. Leonard regularly checking his watch. So this is also where do you go when you want to be seen? And somewhere pro- that takes. Video. Prove that you've been done seen-ed. Yes. Is a casino. Like, I couldn't have done it. I was at a casino. They got cameras everywhere. For more than 10 hours at the bar, Shirley's phone rang. It was her neighbor asking if she was okay. He said something horrible happened to the neighborhood. And she was like, really? What? What happened? What What happened? What happened? On the day of the explosion, a neighbor saw a white van pull into the driveway of Shirley's residence between 2 and 3 p.m. The men were reportedly in the home briefly and hurriedly. Bob Leonard's son told investigators that several items were in the van that had been taken from the home, including photos and financial documents. So the house exploded, but important items jumped out into a van first. (laughs) It's important. Shirley told police and reporters that she was surprised and devastated by the blast, that the furnace had been having problems, and that they had spent a few nights in a hotel the previous weekend because her daughter smelled gas like odor in the garage. However, Mark told a friend that his house had already done blown it up. The weekend before, because of tsunami winds, came down the chimney, blew out the fire in the fireplace, and the gas just kept running. And then the house imploded. Of course. Oh, and he was going to buy himself what with the money? A Ferrari. A Ferrari. What color Ferrari does a douchebag buy? Red. Red. (laughs) Uh, Investigators discovered a number of allegations of insurance fraud and other scams by Mark Leonard prior to the blast, mostly involving stolen or wrecked automobiles. I think we knew that. God, there's great audio of her whining, fake crying. Yeah, she... I, what did she always say? I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. Then people lost their life. I lost my house. Everybody lost their house. It's what? devastating. And people keep asking me questions and questions. Like, I know something. I don't know nothing. <laughs> I just left my house. And like, and we always do. It feels horrible when everybody's just, like, pointing on you. Like, if we did something wrong. And everybody asked me if I have enemy. Did somebody want to? <laughs> they thought I was inside the house. 
and they want to kill me in there. I don't know. Prosecutors say that the defendants filled their 28,000 square foot home with natural gas and then used the spark from a microwave, which could be set in advance to detonate it. What microwave can be set like 10 hours yeah, in advance? Do, how do you do that? We've yet to figure that out. The investigators found the couple to have substantial debt, including 63000 in credit card debt and bankruptcy proceedings. A friend of the couple reported that Mark lost 10000 at a casino approximately three weeks before the explosion. <laughs> Oops, I lost it. Montserrat Shirley, Mark Leonard, and Bob Leonard were initially charged with the conspiracy to commit arson, 45 counts of arson, and two counts of felony murder in the deaths of Dion and Jennifer Longworth. Did I say when they got arrested? It was... This it was... The November 19th, they issued. Was it? Or was it more in it December? feels like it was longer than that. Oh, was it? Like it right was before right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Though the trio were eligible for the death penalty under Indiana law, prosecutors chose to pursue life sentences without parole, saying they, they believed the jury would be unlikely to impose the death penalty as they found no evidence that the suspects intended to cause the deaths, which I agree with. They didn't yeah. seek right. out to kill anyone. And we actually, as a community, would have meetings with... Um, the police and the prosecutors, they kept us informed because they were representing us in, in this process and they really explained why they just couldn't do it. Yeah. It just, right. It was already going to take a long time Death anyway. They, sa- oh my God, trials are insane. They're insane. And they said, you know, if we attempted to go for the death penalty, it might take 10 to 14 years. You're like, never mind. <laughs> On December, by December 2014, two years after the explosion, prosecutors were prepared to go to trial without any cooperating witnesses. Deputy Prosecutor Denise Robinson told Montserrat Shirley's defense counsel that if her client wanted anything other than a trial seeking life without parole, they had better work something out. And I think she said she said this kind of off the cuff, too, like, hey, we're going to trial if you want to, you know. (laughs) So and I think like the next day, if I remember correctly. Early 2015, so yeah, it was almost right away. The prosecutors met with the neighbors to discuss the plea deal being worked out for Montserrat Shirley. Do you remember this? Yes. That they were saying, are you okay with us giving her a deal? Yes. And you were. I Yeah, we were. I mean, what were we going to do? It Go, was, no. No. <laughs> right. I mean, to get the other two, this That's was what, a yeah, sacrifice that we were going to make. That's my next sentence, yeah. Shirley's cooperation would mean charges against two more suspects gary thompson who didn't start a fire but was supposed to and glenn holtz who knew about it but Mm -hmm. didn't say or do anything so denise robinson and mark hollingsworth plus two junior deputy deputies would have to wade through an entire subdivision worth of evidence to build arguably the largest criminal prosecution in indiana history in addition to the thousands of pieces of physical evidence they had more than 200 witnesses lined up to testify and our mother was one of them (gasps) <gasps> absolutely yeah what trial did you testify at um mark leonard leonard and uh his brother they're actually two separate trials, trials yeah and they one moved in south bend indiana and the other one in fort wayne yeah so you had to drive i had to drive even though they it was okay for them to blow up a house 150 yards away from you you had to drive to testify to, against them yes correct and how long were you on the stand for Oh, I say I was on the stand for maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, I just roughly told what happened. I had to confirm that pictures were mine Mm -hmm. of my house and what happened to the house, how much uh, in damages. They also quizzed me about uh, mom Mm -hmm. and what happened to her. 
and um by one of the trials she had i was gonna say she had passed away already somewhere in between there yeah yeah because it had to have been before our daughter was born so that was it yeah i remember that you remember that yes <laughs> <laughs> so big fuck you to those guys you killed my grandma don't worry we get even the defense argued that the trial had to be moved out of Marion County because the extensive media coverage would result in a tainted jury, which is bullshit. The, what overseas? Was it Japan? There was a newspaper I mean, it, article? it was definitely international. Yeah. John on international news. It was so funny. Talk, he His said, hair was oh, flopping God. in the he wind. He called it a holocaust. Yeah. A holocaust. It, was like a, it was like a holocaust. Oh. And we were just like, oh, why did they? John. Oh, John. And, and his wife said, I have to. Why? <laughs> Why? You could have just said anything else. Like, do you know? Do, do you, you know, know what happened at the real one? <laughs> I gotta oh. tell you, it's not the same, same thing. thing. And his hair was like flying in the wind. wind. Oh, okay. Fine. How did the news people know to why? do this? No, why can they come and do that? And you know, <laughs> and then he probably they were probably like, "Do you want to get interviewed?" And he probably was like, "Okay, okay." okay. <laughs> I'll just look the... Hold on, let me fluff up my hair. That's his, that's his freaking word. He has, okay. he has words that are made up. Oh, yeah. That become real words to him, and he talks like that. And He's you just great. Like, and, he, and he was interviewed by CNN. But if he was confused by... CNN? I'm sh- well. It ended up it was on. on CNN, yeah. It was. I remember going. But then, if you said something to him, he didn't understand. You would just look at you and go, "Okay, okay." <laughs> Lord help us all. Okay. <laughs> Good old Mark Leonard can't stay out of trouble even in jail. March twenty eighth, two thousand thirteen. Mark Leonard was charged with conspiracy to murder the key witness against him, the guy he told him about the tsunami winds and that the house had already blown Bro, up. Bro, even if you killed that dude, you still going to jail. That was Mark Duckworth. That's his name, right? Uh, if you, uh, what is it? American Greed does an episode about Richmond Hill. They do a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I liked it. Uh, Leonard asked another inmate at the Marion County Hilton. That's what Daniel calls it. <laughs> if he could put him in contact with a hitman. The inmate and Leonard drew up a contract agreeing that Leonard would pay the inmate $15,000 when he was released. The affidavit said Mark placed a phone call to a guy he thought was a member of a South Side biker gang. Yeah, okay, where? Okay. Bitch, where? He was really speaking to an undercover ATF agent. I think I've got a clip of that, too. August. What's 4- ATF stand for? Um, alcohol, tobacco, and fire. Oh, okay. Hello, this is a prepaid call from... Mark for Jay. An inmate at the Marion County Jail. I'm gonna make it look like a suicide. Oh, for real? Yeah, because if, see, this way, it'll get me out of jail pretty much instantly. If you have me call 911, like from uh, this cell phone, right yeah. before you do it, and right, I got three sentences that I wrote down that if you just have me say these three sentences inside that 911 call right before, It'll get me out of here quick. What do you want him to say? I want him to say, I did not mean to frame Mark and Muncie for their own house in Richmond Hills. Oh, for real? Yeah, dude, because that's going to make a big difference right here, and it's a little bit tougher to get done, you know, so. Yeah, man, I'm going to get it done, then, for sure. All right. It ain't going to be no problem. How soon do you think you're going to get out, though? Well, if you do it that way right there, I would say yeah. no longer than a few days. 
on August 14th, 2015, Mark Ray Leonard was sentenced to two consecutive terms of life without parole, plus an additional 75 years, because just for being a dick, on 35, <laughs> on 53 counts, including murder, arson, and insurance fraud, also in, a, in South Bend, Indiana, something else he did. But where is Mark Leonard now? He Mark is dead. dead. We started our podcast January of 2018. First two episodes were this. A month. Was it two weeks later? It had to have been a week or two later. A week or two later, he died in prison. And we were like, what? We killed him! Our podcast killed someone! <laughs> what did he die? Was it kidney failure? He had he kidney had, failure. He had a lot of health My problems. friend was uh, his nurse. Really? Yeah. She can't, probably can't say anything. No, so. I just think... I think she had mentioned to someone that she was assisting it, uh, an inmate. Yeah. Then they went, oh. And then, um, and then that's when my friend was like, I, I think she was his nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, Mark Leonard almost died in, before the explosion. And by some miracle, he recovered. Oh, he, yeah. Lovely. So, you know, some people can, should die on time. <laughs> Don't cheat death. <laughs> Don't cheat. Seven months later, his brother Bob Leonard received his own sentence of two life terms without parole in a courtroom in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And he, I was there. And he's in Wabash, which is a level four facility. Nice and comfy. <laughs> Gary Thompson, who had helped with the first two unsuccessful attempts to blow up Montserrat Shirley's house, pleaded guilty in early December 2016 to conspiracy to commit arson and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. His earliest possible release date is 2024. That's not that far away. No, but that's pretty steep, I think, for someone who actually didn't accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. hopes, and, hopes and dreams, but not, no follow through. This was probably his destiny. Oh, yeah. Glenn Holtz, who had known of the scheme and kept Shirley's daughter out of the house, pleaded guilty in late December also to one count of assisting a criminal. He was sentenced to one year in prison and was released in September of 2017. Which I didn't realize. And I thought he got three years, but I checked IN.gov. Okay, cool. So he's probably going to find us, mm -hmm. kill us. Cool. So on December 20th, 2016, after a two-day sentence hearing that would be the closest her former neighbors would get to seeing her on trial, including mom. Did you I didn't go. Okay. We wrote a letter to I was going to say, I don't. Yeah. Which yeah. I tried to type while watching a one-year-old out in our garage here. I still have that letter. It wasn't. Wasn't my best work. It was good. No, really was good. <laughs> Maybe I should post that somewhere. Montserrat Shirley was sentenced to a maximum term of 50 years in prison. She was ordered to serve out her sentence at the Indiana Women's Prison in Indianapolis. With good behavior, her earliest possible release date is December 19th, 2032. She will be 72 years old. So long. Montserrat. <laughs> yeah. I knew not to. I know nothing. I, now your child has to suffer now. for your actions. Oh, her daughter didn't handle all this very well. No. They moved out of the state, didn't they? Yes. She's an adult now. Yeah, well, I feel bad for her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel bad for everyone involved. And, it, you know, our story is just a little snippet of, oh, it's ours of is everybody's. Mild. And, you know, over the course of a couple years, I did find out people's stories. And every one of them had you know their lives were changed forever mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people have some emotional trauma from it kids there were kids there i think yeah. i would feel differently if our daughter had been there at the age she is now or something like i would be more 
concerned more upset more pissed off i don't know a lot of things um more i was so. pretty upset kids had night thing. terrors and stuff i think yeah. afterwards from being woken up in the middle of the night and I was yeah. pretty upset from it because I was like, you could have taken all my people from me. My people. Literally all my people. Those are my only goddamn ducks. Yeah, that, that's like wiping a whole family out. Mm-hmm. There would have been everyone because my grandma was there too. So yeah. yeah. All my oh people my in one. And I didn't like the thought of that at all. So our story is pretty mild. We didn't lose anyone. No one was physically injured and all of our crap was okay. Um. But it still was the craziest thing. Okay, well, they still killed our grandma and our cat. So yeah, yeah. I'm not sorry that Mark Leonard is dead. Yeah, because when we moved to the house at the front of the neighborhood, that's when the cat got hit by a car. Yes, thank you. So we suffered, but you know, here we are. Six years later, now we live (laughs) on top of each other. Our houses, what, almost butt up together. Carla moved away. (laughs) So (laughs) just to be closer to work, but she's Uh in the same town. No, I think overall I've I have absorbed it pretty well, I think. I mean, I'm medicated to begin with, so that <laughs> might help. Yes. I don't think it exacerbated any living existing conditions. No. I just think it just changed the the direction of our lives. It did. I mean, it just is I always think of our lives as pre-explosion and post-explosion. So th- those kinds of changes you know, I mean, they, we they spun live in on. circles. They live on. Yeah, we spun in circles for a few years, and it does create some damage. It's maddening, honestly. Yeah, and I think about it. I'm gonna get you your own toilet for your living room. Thank you. <laughs> you guys have one in the garage. You we have, have a one toilet in the garage. In the garage. <laughs> We're gonna relive it tomorrow. We're going to sit on the toilet <laughs> in the garage. So I think this is our longest episode ever. Okay, we had a lot to talk about. Yeah, I think we covered it all, and. I'll post pictures. I might have some audio clips in here. I'm not sure because it's already really long. It's good to revisit it. Mm -hmm. And we did it six years after on a Saturday night on the exact same time that it happened. Yes. And Notre Dame just won. Yes. Luckily in a different house. In a different house. So be careful around natural gas. It is combustible. And don't, if you want, if you need money, like don't blow things up. That's not like, that's not the way to do it. You should just do something else. With your time. <laughs> yeah. You should try a different um How about avenue. Working? Yeah. Yeah. So All right. We All done? Right. Yeah. yeah. And ev- okay. I'm tired. Yeah. Me too. And for honest to goodness. Stay, stay out, out of the, the corn. corn. I got to say it too. <laughs> Yippee. <laughs>